0: Hey, Dad, welcome to our end of the year special,
1: Hey, Metaverse 2023. Yeah, it's been actually a crazy mortification time for the Metaverse this year. Metaverse kind of was the hot term for the year before this, and now this year, the hot term, of course, is AI, whatever that means. Artificial intelligence, augmented intelligence, extended intelligence, general artificial intelligence, there's so many ways to think about AI, but... In a way, the metaverse and AI, you can conflate them, I think, because obviously what we're talking about with the metaverse can't actually exist or be operable without AI at the core. Do you agree?
0: Yeah, the buzzword for 2022 is the metaverse for 2023 it's been ai and it powers the internet i mean we've always talked about the metaverse as just the digital world you know yeah
1: exactly it's
0: we kind of make fun of the term but really it encapsulates the digital world this year apple got into the fray with their much anticipated vision pro which is not out yet but they're going to release next year yeah um that's that was huge the MetaQuest three of course ai has been this this trend but also there's been a lot of development in actually just virtual reality yeah, products as well sure. yeah of that it's the future of computing you know ai plus spatial yeah, computing exactly is this is the future yeah. of computing and of course it's such a buzzword everyone's trying to figure out is it even relevant you know of course the metaverse was made fun of so much and in in many ways no one even talks about the
1: the term metaverse anymore even even fake it's funny doesn't even talk i know. about it. Well, as an example, Apple doesn't like the term virtual reality. They refuse to say that uh, because, yeah. they, you know, and the, the, one of the things I want to reflect on here at the end of this year is that all these terms essentially end up meaning nothing because they shift and change based upon what's hot in uh, the tech sector at any given moment, especially what's hot with investors. Uh, I'm, you know, out there raising money a lot because I have a company, and uh it is in the virtual reality medicine space ubiquity vx and you know it you have to t- you have to talk about ai with investors right now because if you don't uh you're not at the cutting edge and of course there is ai in everything that i'm developing there's in it's involved in everything i'm developing but you know it's just so funny that the languaging has to be you know shifted to the perceptions of the marketplace and I think that's one of the things that's continued to like get kind of more and more ridiculous with each passing year. <laughs> Just as an yeah. example, how, you know, the metaverse, it's everything. And then Facebook turns to meta and now it's like, eh, let's laugh at that, you know, and, and that can, that cycle can happen in, you know, a few weeks where it used to be take decades for that kind of cycle to change in the lexicon of language. So that's one of the things I think we should look at is this kind of acceleration That's happened around, and one of the things I wanted to talk about. There's a a number of things that really came out this year. Obviously, there was this, you know, this this uh, trend called uh, effective altruism, which now has a very bad name because the poster boy of it got thrown in jail for probably the rest of his life for one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in history, Uh, (laughs) and so uh, that term has, you know, talk about a term that went from being something extremely positive, representing almost a a generation's hope for a utopian future and the use of resource and wealth and a new way to being like, yeah, that's a scam. I mean, that's, that shifted, uh, this year a lot, but another thing came up as a kind of adjunct to that, or almost the opposite, which is, uh, effective, effective, uh, acceleration, acceleration, you know, acceleration. the accelerationism. Yeah. And you know, EAC, the EACs and they, you know, th- there's, I, I guess if you have to... Have you looked into this? Have you oh, looked into yeah, that? Like absolutely. absolutely. Have, have, but have you have you heard
0: from sort of the leaders of it on how it's now sort of a meta, what they call a meta-religion, yeah, a neo-religion, yeah, yeah. and, it, and yeah. there's this sort of faith-based aspect to it. But well, that being said, they they think of themselves as not like... They have subcultures, right? So that's why they yeah. call it meta-religion. So they have all these different sub, uh, sub partial you know, people doing having different beliefs within the effective I know,
1: accelerationism. I know. I, I uh, It's always, wild to see this kind of You know, you know, like there's like uh Episcopalian and Protestant, you know, there's all these different elements of it. And, you know, for me I've I've kind of been a storyteller that's already always been about sort of effective accelerationism, um, or at least telling cautionary tales about it, uh maybe celebrating it and also being afraid of it at the same time i mean and then conflating that to become a religious metaphor is actually something that uh you know i I played with in a lot of my films the longer man being one of them whereas when he get becomes a being in virtual reality says i am god here you know Uh, so this idea of our digital selves becoming a spiritual entity or ai itself becoming a spiritual entity uh these are you know aspects that are now becoming actual i think Potential religions, as you're saying, in the world, and that's really starting to become something that used to be the province of science fiction and of sort of even you know dark humorous science fiction to being something that actually is real. It's funny how dark comedy turns out to always become real. <laughs> it's one of the strange yeah. aspects of human evolution. We start. Well, to, we we, yeah. we tend to act out the, the dark comedic aspects of ourselves as we evolve. Um, so it's it's
0: interesting because it it came out of, I mean, so the metaverse, the, the whole, the whole kind of doom and gloom narratives in the, in the tech press about the metaverse and in the broader culture, uh, this, this kind of like this backlash against Mm -hmm. Facebook for trying to, you know, (laughs) take all reality and basically monetize the reality. And Mark Zuckerberg was going to put us all into virtual reality that had a really bad, rap especially at the beginning of 2023 oh, yeah. that 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 was a narrative that was very negative and that negative yep. narrative actually was and that went right into ai the ai doomers and that sort of anti-tech yep. narrative is actually why the effective accelerationists were were kind of born they created what, out exactly. of this backlash they they said wait why is all this doom and gloom why is the tech media not representing the actual excitement because well. The metaverse is wasn't a popular term anymore. The technology itself kept progressing. So, exactly. as we've mentioned, yeah. you know, Apple, Apple got into it with with their very expensive headset. We've talked on previous podcasts; gonna be very yep. expensive, but at the same time, it's signaling that the most, you know, one of the most powerful companies in the world is going to put, you know, their their future basically behind well, this, this, the idea yeah. of spatial computing. Exactly. Um, and so even while it was kind of poopoo and at the same time also this christmas meta quest is the number one app uh downloaded in the app store which which basically is an indicator of how many people are being gifted christmas presents um yeah the uh, virtual reality headset so yeah right so it's like so that's why the eax were saying like wait why is the tech press saying oh this is just doom and gloom and ai and and the metaverse are just sort of like not even real and not even happening they would make fun of almost everything that mark zuckerberg did for a while but then what happened it was really interesting in the past year mark zuckerberg almost became this sort of like hero and even in the tech press as a backlash especially to what elon musk did with twitter well, and all yeah. of a sudden the tech <laughs> press was started to say oh wait actually we like what uh you know zuckerberg actually isn't that bad we want to switch over to yeah friends, I had, but i think off the, of
1: twitter yeah i think and, the thing is though i think the thing yeah. is though mark you know, he's not the evangelist you really want to follow into the metaverse. He just isn't charismatic enough. He needs to have a little more Sam Kinison in him. You know, Elon Musk has a bit more Sam Kinison. <laughs> those those that know who Sam Kinison was will understand this reference. Those that don't, go look him up. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but uh, there, this idea of evangelizing the metaverse, I mean, Mark just did it really, really nerdy, really dorky. I mean, everything that was coming out of right? It just looked, dorky uh his his avatar I I, he, is dorky, he, you know but
0: then he started talking about like um boxing and wrestling all the time yeah yeah and he's image. no he did he pivoted his image like he's now seen as like a cool person um in there there the, tech, the tech space, space. Like, i mean I, I well that's that's the yeah. broader tech press though that's the yeah. broader tech press and that was the backlash so that's why the ex were saying wait a second these technologies are actually pretty awesome yeah. and they are going to create a lot of good in the world. Why don't we talk about the positive futures of these technologies? Right, but, I guess the criticism against it is that sometimes they're too optimistic, right?
1: Yeah, no, um, not just that. And for I don't know, I, I'm kind of in the middle. Let me, well, here's how I feel about it. It's, it's kind of ridic- it's, it's ridiculous in the sense that iac always is actually what happens in culture. We don't stop technology. We've never stopped it. It's always grown no matter what the, uh, the the cautionary tales no matter what the the, the sacrifices again we use the term combustion as an example the sacrifices of thousands of people dead every you know every month really from the fact that people just use cars I mean we are always in EX as human beings we're always in uh, acceleration whether it's effective or not that's a different you know that's a different term but I believe that it's kind of stating the obvious. Technology accelerates. And of course, now with, you know, global capitalism being very entrenched in all of its different forms, you know, worldwide, there is always an acceleration in technology because that's where the market goes. We, it's a natural part of human evolution that we want technology to alleviate our boredom. And I'm using that as a you know, kind of, I'm, I'm using hyperbole to, to make a point, but we'll always go for the new thing. Always. And I, don't, I just don't see where anything has any, ever gone backwards. That's why the people that talk about A, AI and stopping it, I think, are ridiculous. I think that the, you know, the effect of uh, accelerationists are actually stating something that is just obviously going to happen, as opposed to trying to support things so it, so something so it does happen. Now, yes, there's going to be regulations. There's going to be guardrails put on some of these things. There always is that in, in, the, in the body politic globally. Uh, I think there's some really interesting things that happened this year, though, uh, in the context of, uh, you know, this idea of the metaverse, uh, the you know, which really you have to look kind of at trends of what we call the Internet in order to sort of, you know, map on what the metaverse has become, because really the metaverse is going to be the spatial three-dimensional web. That's one aspect of it anyway. And uh, there's been a balkanization of the Internet happening because, in so many trends, uh, as they appeared with whether it be the Internet or different levels of technology, smartphone technology, chip technology, there, there was a tremendous focus on the United States as the leader. And there is now uh, real trends all over the world in different countries to create their own leadership in their own sort of gated aspects of these technologies whereas that wasn't really what was happening before it was really truly driven by innovation from the u.s and now it's being tried to be balkanized and that that aspect is going to change the nature uh of many of the way and many of the ways in which the metaverse quote unquote will actually be adopted out there i think we haven't really experienced this before there's some really interesting facts around that that if you look at it uh they really came about now that also you know, is something. But is that, San Francisco
0: still, still like the center of AI? Ant- oh, yeah, no,
1: it, no, no. It's it's absolutely the center. And a matter of fact, you know, uh, there's a huge percentage of uh, you know AI. Uh, what fuels AI? Ninety five percent of it is fueled from the United States. I mean, if and Iran, right, right, chipsets, everything. Uh, but there is a trend to wanting to stop that in the rest of the world because of the stakes of AI being so high. And when I talk about the stakes of AI, I'm really meaning the stakes. Of-
0: Wait, when you say stop that, what do you mean stop stop development of AI to other countries or if
1: yeah? You're no, 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 to 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 establish their own rules around it, their own the balkanization. It's uh, that's one like it the term- EU, the EU, yeah, EU's yeah really, exactly, yeah, yeah, and it, and, their, yeah. and 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 Russia and China, of course, all of these you know major global powers are going. Wait a minute, we can't let the United States run away with this. Now we have to a certain degree and. Innovation is one of the great things about this country. Uh, and I totally you know, feel privileged to be in a country that is so focused on innovation because a lot of my life has been very focused on innovation, whether it be as a storyteller or, or uh, actually executing things. And, and I, I, I see that there is going to be a different level of battle in the uh, execution and the adoption of the metaverse because of this balkanization that's going on. There's some really interesting things. I don't know if you know the, the company Cloudflare. Are You familiar with Cloudflare? Yeah of, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 of course.
0: For anyone who doesn't know, Cloudflare basically yeah. powers almost every single website you've ever visited. Uses Cloudflare to protect against yeah. attacks. And they, you, you probably won't even hear of them if you're just a you know someone who's using the internet. But if you work at a company, you have heard of them because they protect almost every website against uh,
1: attacks of all different kinds. Well, yeah. And if you want to see uh, the their sort of wrap up of the trends of the last year, they have a picture of a snapshot of it unlike almost any other company. Because so much yeah. of the internet flows through their pipes. And so they they, you know, they see what's happened. As an example, you know, the internet grew by 25% this last year. Um, and so there and, you know, people have talked about, oh, you know, streaming services are going to be topping out. And no, there's still a lot of growth to be had out there, especially outside of the U S and some of the major company countries. And so there's still a lot of growth going on in the internet writ large, but also that means in what is developing to be the spatial web and, and the metaverse. Um, So there's, you know, there's those aspects again, you know, Google was number one in terms of uh, the internet, uh, Facebook number two, Apple three, TikTok four. Which is amazing because TikTok is a fairly recent, uh, you know, uh, thing, and it's already at four, <laughs> so it's amazing. And then Instagram and Twitter or X are after that. So you know, there's a lot of if you want to look up Cloudflare, they 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 publish all of these trends and and uh, you know analyses of what's happened, and it really gives you an interesting snapshot into what's going on. Another aspect which they you know try to guard against is cyber attacks, and it was interesting, you know, there was. Uh, there was a lull in cyber attacks in 2022, but in 2023, made up for it, especially with the, the Ukraine war uh, reaching another level. And also, of course, the recent tragedy of the Hamas attacks and the war that's coming out of that, which is just one of the great global tragedies um, that's happening. And, I, you know, the, the, so cyber attacks are now up as well. So everything's growing and cyber attacks are growing and there's a balkanization. Of these things simultaneously, as all that's happening, there's this thing called the metaverse that's still starting to be birthed. It's probably you know just a little bit in the birth canal. It's just maybe starting to crown, uh, just a little bit. And there's a lot yet to happen to see how it really will be uh, will be adopted. Uh, and of course, AI is one of the major things fueling that. So uh, if there's anything that's the the big headline, I would say it's you know the birth of the metaverse although uh it was prematurely said to be dead is still actually just the beginning of uh of that process um and yeah and it, but- and
0: it might already be here in a way it's like and we've talked about this before but yeah. in many ways we feel like the metaverse already exists Get in done. our yeah. phones, in our know. but I think people like to categorize it as the spatial computing aspect and and where we are fully immersed in something, immersive experiences. And like you said, I totally agree that that that's coming. In our last podcast, we talked a little bit about the we've talked a lot about AI all year, but specifically in the last podcast about the risks. And you yes. had mentioned um, you know, how you were getting more concerned. I think we've gone, both of us have gone from going from optimistic to concerned, back to uh, optimism. Back to optimism. <laughs> I, gotta, I mean, I got to so be my I, question. I, I'm of two months. Yeah, go ahead. You know, well, like, I, my question I, for you is do you consider yourself an effective accelerationist and would you ever consider becoming one?
1: So, I do try uh, in in overall, but I've always been an effect, uh, effective accelerationist. It's also told stories that are warnings about the the dangers of effective accelerationism, and I think that that's you know I, I, as any storyteller you got to tell both sides of the story on some level. I do come out thinking that again, effective accelerationism is the natural state of the human of human evolution. It's the natural state that we always have occupied with technology, starting from the wheel and fire and going from there you know it's a promethean energy that happens that is but there's always a there's always a, a cost to promethean invention and that's but see
0: know, they that's, would that's say
1: that's that when you're not because th- th- the effect of acceleration
0: just would say then that you are that that's not even a factor for them see they they say that you know adaptable and and malleable. So I my take yeah. on it. in I guess I I don't I don't necessarily. Like, well, go ahead. Did you have another- no? No.
1: I just I I I, I think that again. That yes, I am a bit, you know, schizophrenic on this. I it, because as you know, as a dramatist and as a storyteller, I I can inhabit both sides of that argument, um, and often do in myself and also with my colleagues. And I, I think that's important. I think we have to be. Looking at it from both sides, I think the the, the effective accelerationists that are just absolutely from it's that's like fundamentalists in any religion, where it's just absolutely this one way and that's the way it is, and don't think about anything else. I think there are you know levels of uh, uh, of effective accelerationism that can be gauged, that can be looked at in terms of certain things maybe need to be you know, looked at with not necessarily slowing down, but just with a greater level of, of, of of care and uh, of, you know, analysis. And the, the, there are those aspects that need to be just, you know, let, let the horses loose (laughs) in order for us to get to where these things like AI and the metaverse can help us change the nature of human healthcare, as an example, the nature of things that uh, effectively extend life or the quality of life, the things that can extend the quality of human imagination. Uh, those are the where we should let the horses run. But you know, I, I think we have to be balanced in the approach. And I guess some effective accelerations would call me, uh, you know, a, a non accelerationist because of that, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think you might fall into one of the subcultures. I think I, I forget the different terminologies, but they have like instead of EAC, they have like. Yeah, I
1: hate um, it when that happens. I hate it when I fall into yeah. into a, a subculture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's like the sub ones, right? There's the some sub- slash something like a uh, medium act. That I just made that up, but you medium know, you <laughs> grow up with your own with your own version. Um, and honestly, I kind of i i I think I'm I agree with you. I, I'm attracted to some aspects of the the optimism and this idea, especially that we're adaptable as humans, this this backlash against these, these narratives of just like uh this anti-tech narrative that seem to be sometimes coming from a place of of not people who are actually building it, who are just sort of like looking at it from the outside. Um and there's there's so many amazing possibilities and benefits to using technology. But then part of, but then at the same time, I'm like kind of a little bit wary of this, like of sort of the tribalism and just like joining these groups. And, and maybe I'm just not a joiner type in that way, or maybe I'm too contrarian or I like to
1: be, but. Well, we must take must, like, it must be genetic. Cause I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love studying, you know, groups and leadership and even studying cults and how that works and how the cultish mind uh, can take over groups of people but I've never been a devotee. I've never been a follower. I, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, that's because I'm a leader or anything like that. I'm, I'm saying because I'm always skeptical of anything that becomes dogma. As soon as something becomes, you know, like effective acceleration, it's got to be everything going fast all the time. That to me sounds like dogma. It's not considering things from on a moment-to-moment basis and really analyzing them from the standpoint of what is practical and what is humane, and that's even more important. I think we've lost the analysis a lot in the world of what is humane and also what is common sense. I think we've lost a lot of just common sense sort of, uh, you know, consideration of things, things and how they'll affect ourselves and other people. And we're, we're in these sort of extreme tribalist, you know, polarization, of course. And I, I think that's the worst thing that's going on in the planet. I think we have to, if we, we have to figure out anything, if the if the metaverse can be anything that's positive it's got to be something that takes us past this crazy tribalist you know polarization that we're experiencing not only in this country but all over the world and of course the wars that are going on right now are, are an example of what happens with that and that you know war is one of the oldest human activities there are and if we don't evolve past it who knows what's going to happen you know and we're we're at a point now where these Kind of conflicts they affect the globe uh, just as World War One, World War Two were global conflagrations. I think we're already in World War Three, uh, you know, to a large degree. And and just to to our what the F is the metaverse aspect of this, a lot of that is in the cyber warfare area. A lot, you know, a whole other aspect of warfare is happening in the digital cyber realm, and that. Well, you know, yeah. Well, one thing, one
0: thing I like about the effective accelerationist kind of idea is that they are seem to, they seem to be open minded, right? And I really yeah, appreciate. that. I agree with you. They that, yeah. seem to be yeah. open minded to to having the discourse, to having these kind of subcultures. They don't call themselves just a straight up religion. They're trying to create a new thing, this neo religion. But when they're starting to use like religion and faith, like some of these the rhetoric, the rhetoric that's coming out of it is a little bit like. I don't know. I think there could be a, a bit more of like, OK, um, like you said, like, let's 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 look. Let's have a, a little bit more balanced view. But at the same time, I don't know.
1: It's it's a cool. There's a lot of cool well, we can I think we have to be and, a bit more agnostic, uh, you know, to things, meaning let's consider them, you know, fully at every moment as opposed to let's lock down this police system. And then this is what's going to affect all of our behavior. I mean, as soon as you do that, it's created nothing but suffering on this planet.
0: You mentioned humane. You mentioned humane, and that leads us to one of the next trends of the metaverse in 2023, leading into 2024, which is the emergence of wearable, screenless AI devices. Yeah, and one of those is going humane. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You can buy it now for I think six hundred, seven hundred dollars with a twenty-four dollar a month subscription it's going to be shipping in early 2024 and this is a device where you wear it on your your chat it's a pin sort of device you wear it on your shirt it it magnetically attaches it does not have an always listening microphone you have to activate it yourself the only way you can interact with it is through your voice or with a projector it has a laser projector that projects onto your hand their kind of methodology is the post phone world where you're yep. not, you're not hunched over on your phone. Meta is also doing this with their glasses now, in a different way. They came out with Ray-Ban glasses that yep. got AI built to yep. them. So you wear the glasses, they have a camera in them. They can see the world. Yep. You can ask it. And this, this is, this feature is coming out early 2024, but you can ask these glasses. Well, what am I seeing? What, how is that? Where can I buy that book? Stuff, stuff, kind of stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah. The, the AI is basically starting to see and hear. So there's another one called Tab, which is just yep. another yeah. slightly different. Which is it? That one is always listening to you, and it's creating a knowledge graph of your life and they say it's not a recording device it's a 20 year old founder got some pretty substantial funding he has a prototype and he even launched the prototype before humane and humane has like so much vc funding so it's pretty interesting to see the competition there but his his what it's not recording but it is creating a knowledge graph of your life yeah what do you think about this trend in 2023 Uh, well of, of these new devices.
1: Well, look, I think that we are going to move into a post-phone. I mean, who wants a brick in their hand or in their pocket all the time that you're, you know, sort of caressing like a lover every other second? Um, I think we're going to move beyond that, and I think it's important we move beyond. I think the the Ray-Ban glasses that that Meta has partnered with them on is a very important moment because people look at them, and go, "Hey, those look cool." They 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 get past the social contract part of it, you know, with not looking like a complete dork with some bulky pair of headsets on. And I think getting past that headset uh, mentality with virtual reality and augmented reality and mixed reality is really critical. And the truth is people look at it and they think, oh, we'll never get past it because it's like putting a box on your head or whatever. And there's been a lot of backlash on that. We are getting past it with these new devices, with these new, these new trends. And I think, uh, you know, it's really important to look at uh, that aspect of of the adoption of the metaverse being linked to getting past these very bulky first generation ideas about how to deliver immersion, uh, and I think it's you know it, it's a trend that's only going to again accelerate <laughs> a tremendous. It's,
0: it's making us more present, right? It's, it's yeah. making us even it's less, looks- less screens, more more being in reality. And that's yes. using AI and and these systems to just intelligently do tasks for us, yeah. Um, and then, of course, maybe you come at home, and then when you want to be fully immersed, then you use an Apple Vision Pro or a yeah. MetaQuest Quest yes. device. You're fully immersed, but then when you're not fully immersed, maybe you're more present in the world, and you actually want exactly. to be more present, so you don't want that screen
1: there. Exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, interesting concept. In terms of tab and you know this idea of a, of a activity graph and all the You know those aspects. I have to give a shout out to one of my uh, co-founders of Ubiquity VX, uh, Liam Brogia, who many years ago was working on a project called LifeScope. As a matter of fact, when I met him, he was working on LifeScope, and it was an incredibly advanced version of what you're talking about. Uh, He was one of the first people. He was an expert in computer vision and many, many other things. He's a a brilliant guy, and uh, you know he was looking at how can we create a life graph how can we create a, a, not just a life graph, but really something that predicts almost every aspect of her life moment to moment. And, uh, you know, he got a lot of traction with it, almost got to the point where it was fully funded and then some, you know, some some things happened. And he was also very, very early in the marketplace, but we'll be going back to it. I mean, it was, and that really opened my mind when I saw what he was doing with LifeScope to these ideas that are now starting to be productized more and more. And I think it is That is what the metaverse is to me, this idea of a digital version of ourselves, a digital identity that is not only an aspect of ourselves that is like cloning ourselves, but also communicates back to us. So there's a mirror aspect of it that happens on a moment-to-moment basis. And again, a lot of these things, when you say it, start to sound really scary to a lot of people, especially probably older generations that don't have a context of this, aren't native digital people. And yet I think... These are the things that are going to become part of just normal human behavior, having the ability to reflect back on ourselves through this digital twin. That's another, you know, term that's always used in the context of the metaverse, whether it be a digital twin of of landscape, of architecture, or a digital twin of ourselves. So when we start talking about creating a digital twin of our own psyche, like what LifeScope was talking about and what Tab is now uh, starting to productize, and there's things out there that are starting to bring these ideas into the fore, uh, you know, we're trying to actually do some of this stuff at Ubiquity VX with, you know, addressing it to healthcare. Uh, and it's it's just fascinating the, the ethical considerations that come up uh, when you really start looking at how these things affect human behavior. And it's they're not easy answers, Shannon. They, they're, they're, as you really dive deeply into consideration and sort of an analyzing, what is this change about being human? That's the questions I think we need to be asking. That's the the thing I think that should be a mitigating factor with effective accelerationism, to con, to consider what does this, how does this change humans themselves, ourselves, and how do we, how does it change human interaction? And look, that always is going to happen with technology. I don't think we can stop that evolution, but at least should be part of the dialogue as opposed to just a headlong rush.
0: Yeah, I mean, I are my grandpa and your dad. Wow, wow, uh, so yeah. Yes, he, he, he listens City to the podcast. Yes. Yep, I, shout out, shout out, Nathan. hey grandpa. <laughs> or, <laughs> I should say dad. The... <laughs> <laughs> In our family conversations, he was sharing with us how he's also you know concerned about AI. It's very here. Yeah, different. But but I think but I think through the conversations we've had, um, he's. I, he's told that he's expressed that, you know, he's he appreciates this other, this kind of optimistic perspective as well. But at the same time, if it, you can see, you can hear, and in, in not just him, but many people like this, this is people understand that this is a big moment in history. Like this is, yeah. we haven't lived yeah. through something like this, where whatever you want to call it, whether it's the metaverse, the digital world, the AI revolution. Like these, this, it's a new way of human humanity and, and uh, living their everyday lives. Exactly. And it's, it's becoming more democratized. It's spreading to every corner of the globe and it, and it, and it can be in this, it's, it, you know, this kind of moment of like, wow, is this, is this bad? Is this a dangerous thing? It should yeah. we stop. Well, um, I would... and, and that makes sense. But I think, I think, you know, we, if we look through history, There's always there's been and you've mentioned this a lot like there's always been these moments and the the, I think the answer is it's not necessarily just good or bad. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of, you know, different things that will happen in this and different outcomes that will happen. And I think it's it's good that we do have a group of people, though, that that are trying to trying to push forward you know the, the positive outcomes and I, it's it's going oh, yeah. a lot of the the leaders of the ai companies actually like for example sam altman or the leader of anthropic who used to work at OpenAI. Yeah. all the people who are running these ai companies are actually they don't really seem super effective accelerationist actually they, they're pretty conservative in that regard they they are yeah. moving very carefully, they're the ones that are mo- the most vocal about the, the risks and the dangers. The people who are making ChatGPT are the ones who are the most concerned about this future of AGI, where there's this human-like intelligence. And you know it looks like we're going to arrive at that future within the next few years, um, or at least within the next decade, but it's it well, looking you know sooner and sooner every day. So the, the leaders of these companies are very concerned, but then at the same time, we have this movement where... The, you know, the effect of accelerationists are building their own competing AIs. And, and I agree with you. I think the conversations need to be had. And it's interesting to see it play out across the generations. Everyone has is interested in this, whether you're, you know, my grandfather or you are a 14-year-old just getting into coding and the internet. Like, this is yeah. something that is is capturing the attention of the well, world in a really interesting way.
1: Look, this is a real generational thing uh let's and you know since we brought my dad we're actually i'm actually trying to convince my dad to come on the podcast with us because then we'll have three generations represented which by the way is rare on podcasts you don't get intergenerational communication about this stuff very often i think that's really important uh because my dad was born in the you know the great depression and talk about the world changing during his lifetime he's seen just such a radical change i mean i have myself in my you know in my years but uh, you know, to him, to an even greater degree. And, uh, you know, these things are, I think it's important to look at from these different perspectives because they can feel, you know, they can feel like they're, the, you don't want the cement to, to, to set too quickly. You know, <laughs> you, want, you want to be able to move it around and shift the pylons a bit and change the structure if we need to. Uh, you, know, it, you know, it's interesting about this effective acceleration thing. I mean, in some ways, I think I was one of the first people out there talking publicly about this many, many years ago, starting a couple of decades ago. I started talking about we need to start telling utopian stories about AI. There were AI conferences then, you know, and, and I do keynotes talking about let's tell utopian stories about AI. And I got a tremendous amount of backlash about that. Because it's like, no, we've got to be scared because of all the dystopian stories. I said, well, if we only tell dystopian stories, we're only going to have the self-fulfilling prophecy of a dystopia. And so, you know, it's very important, I think. So I I do agree with you that uh, effective accelerationism is an important trend to, you know, keep us focused at least somewhat on the positive. We just can't let the cement set too quickly around any of these ideas, because once something is baked into the pie... I know, I know I'm using a lot of mixed metaphors here, but <laughs> once, it's, once it's baked into the pie, uh, you know, it it's very difficult to shift it and change it. Uh, and the stakes are much higher with this that's happening at a much greater level of acceleration than anything else in history uh, because it is about reflecting the very nature of human consciousness itself. And that is different than all the other technologies. They've always been about, a part or piece of human interaction, of human activity, of human endeavor. This is sort of like about the entire nature of what the human is in general, which of course is what transhumanism is about. There's all these, you know, there's been a lot of writing and thinking and organizations about this, you know, for many decades now. Um, You know, Ray Kurzweil and the Singularity University and all these ideas uh, that are out there around the singularity transhumanism Yeah, yeah we're talking about uh, that a lot yeah you know and 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 so there's so many ways of talking about this of course i have definitely explored some of these concepts in my movies uh for sure uh you know they've always been fascinating to me but from the standpoint of trying to maintain some kind of balance in the conversation so we don't get it to set around us too quickly because we might go wow this is a world that i didn't quite think would happen and now here we are and of course that does happen for every generation, but I really think we should we should bring my dad Sidney Leonard on here. So, Dad, we're giving you a shout out. Come on, come on to the podcast at least for part of it and give us your perspective from uh, from a wholly other generation than either Shannon or myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And well, lis- listening to listening to him and you know and, and others talk about it, I think there is sort of this, and it will be great to have that conversation because there is this a little bit of a confusion around: are these systems actually? gods are they actually yeah. human like things when really they're not they're they're still controllable no. they're yeah. not sentient like we talk about ai as if it's this all-powerful thing because there are for example you know there there's many researchers for the one that uh, sydney mentioned and, and talked to us about was jeffrey hinton and we, we've mentioned him on the podcast who's been yes. going on like 60 minutes and you know saying oh well uh, he was he was involved in the in the creation of neural networks and he was a, he was a, a, a key part of that. Yeah. And of course, 60 Minutes calls him the godfather of AI, which is just sort of like a term that doesn't really mean anything because there's yeah. so many different researchers. But, but, but you know, again, um, you always and, have and, to try and, to find that he he talks about it as if it's this it's a, there's this confusion where, oh, wait, so is this like a human like system? Well, no, not yet. And we're, we're maybe going to get there at some point, but we are laying the groundwork for that right now and on and, and the people who are building those potential agis are very conscious
1: of that and we're trying and we're basically yeah sure I, I, think we're gonna get, I think we're going to get control i think we're going to get there faster than we think and of course you know yeah everything is somebody that represents you know he's come out as like a dr frankenstein character i mean again everything follows mythological structure follows narrative the narrative of humanity when mary shelley wrote frankenstein she created a, a metaphor for everything that we're experiencing right now, and someone like Jeffrey Hinton is literally that Dr. Frankenstein, who you know suddenly goes, "Oh my God, my creation! He's wreaking havoc in the country." You know,
0: but <laughs> well, <like, the> interesting <laughs> thing is like it's not. It, I just think that it's a little bit alarmist that the. the you know, yeah, like, yeah, just, it's it just like some of the just like how some of the effective acceleration just may may sound a little bit too optimistic. I think there's also the opposite of that, which is this sort of alarmism around it. And and this idea that it's not controllable because these systems well, are very for, controllable.
1: Yeah, well, for me, for me, well, they're going to start making themselves, though. So, I mean, there are things to look at. But for me, it doesn't it, It's just not practical to be an alarmist because this stuff is going to happen. It's going to happen. There's not going to be a stopping of AI. And I think we're going to get to uh, uh, AGI much faster than people think. I mean, I'm going to make that prediction. Yeah. My prediction for uh, the end of 2023 here as we move into 2024 is that AGI and its tenants are going to start coming about much more rapidly than we think. Just like this last year, suddenly chat GPT changed everything. In our perception and our perception of AI, before that, it was really not something that people were looking at as something that was immediate. It was looked at something that was decades away, and suddenly it became this kind of pragmatic tool that everyone could use simultaneously. I've done, you know, I've used the metaphor: what if everybody was given a, uh, you know, a car at the beginning of the automobile, like literally everyone simultaneously, and that has happened. With uh, this, uh, you know, this artificial intelligence or augmented intelligence, as I like to call it, and I think this, I the fact that that AI is starting to now write itself, and I'm experiencing this because you know a lot of the people on the tech team I work with are utilizing AI to write code, and it and I, you know, I'm seeing them being astonished by how good it is at doing those things. So once you see that, and then it really gets into a much larger discussion about what is the nature of human consciousness or consciousness itself when you start talking about, well, how how do you define uh, a machine becoming sentient in a way? Yeah,
0: the, yeah, how do you define AGI, I think, is the key question. We yeah, definitely know there's so many different definitions of AGI. And all the examples you just said, humans are still Involved in that process every step of the way, it will write code, but it'll often do errors, and you have to fix it. and And of course, this is all going to increasingly get more and more intelligent. But this idea that it's just going to suddenly run rampant and then like uh, take over the world—it's something that's in a—it's it, it's from movies. It's from
1: yeah, I know, it, it, it never it, happens. It that. Not it never it, it never, never happened. People, happen,
0: yeah, you we we're, we've had breakthroughs just recently on actually identifying how AI works under the hood. We've talked about on this podcast, how many researchers don't understand the details of how AI is actually working specifically with large language models. And now there's actually been breakthroughs in understanding how large language models actually work under the hood. This has been done by Anthropic yeah. and that gets us very much. It's, it's a key step to getting us towards AGI that is safe and controllable. Um, because we actually understand how it's working oh, under the hood exactly um, as and a, by the these way are breakthroughs are happening
1: yeah speaking about under the hood there's some pragmatic aspects that relate to legislation and uh, litigation as an example you know Google lost uh, a big uh, lawsuit uh, with epic games uh, from a you know monopolit because of monopolistic uh, activity that's a you know that's an example of a giant tech uh, you know force, being uh, mitigated in its uh, in its expansion and in its control of the marketplace, uh, that happened this year. And then there's another aspect that we have to that people tend to have a blind spot on, which is well, how how is the computational aspects of all this AGI actually happening, right? And there that gets down to chipsets. It gets down to the manufacturing of chips, and there is a huge economic battle. Uh, you know, regulation battle going on right now between the United States and other chip manufacturers like China, Korea, et cetera, um, that trying to bring chip manufacturing, that aspect of it back to the United States, uh, because a lot of it went uh, overseas for many, many reasons. And that is a huge thing because those chipsets and that computational power and the ability for Moore's Law to continue to be executed is really at the center of all of this, what we're talking about, AI, the metaverse, et cetera. There's, there, there is literally something under the hood. You don't open that hood up and it's a bunch of squirrels and an abitrail. It's some very, very sophisticated technology that also has a lot of energy um, requirements and energy concerns. And there's there's a whole follow-on effect to how we're generating energy to incorporate this level of computing in, uh, on the planet, you know, and, and there's these aspects are things that are, again, I think it's really important for people to think deeply on how does this all really get solved? Because if you don't think about that layer that's under the hood, that's hidden, then we're missing a big part of the uh, of the dialectic. Well, one of the big
0: things, things that ex talk about is the future where we have unlimited energy and getting towards that. There's actually been some really big uh, developments in fusion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. and you know we're we're getting this uh, unlimited energy. And you know, in uh, one of the final trends as we wrap, uh, of of 2023 metaverse is the generation of digital metaverses uh, that are completely synthetic, such as um, and when I say metaverses, I just sort of mean digital worlds, right? And, and it's yeah, starting yeah. with video and photos, we've seen this, you know, in yeah. 2022 with mid-journey, but mid-journey and other tools have just gotten more advanced. And of course, they leverage the hardware that you're talking about, all those chipsets yes. you're talking about, they're getting much, much more advanced. And that's allowing these systems not to just have uh, generative images, but generative video onto a, a whole new level. Yeah. I think we're going to see that accelerate a lot in 2024. Um, and that's been a huge theme of, of just kind of the behind the scenes development that's been happening. I mean, with mid journey V six that just came out, it's yep. almost photorealistic images and mid journey is going to be training their video model starting in January. And of course yeah. there's a lot of other companies that already have a lot of video.
1: models. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I'm it's very, as you are, you're playing with all those tools. So am I in context of the entertainment projects I'm still involved in and one of which that just got uh, nominated for the EuroPark Ori Award, uh, Dark Star, um, that is utilizing an AI generative uh, tool uh, by a company called DNA Block that's called Replicant, uh, and just playing with these. Uh, look, you know, when you're playing with these tools, you're really deter- you're discovering what these tools are while you you know try to produce something with them. It's not like we know exactly what we're doing, and that's the thing that as you really get into working with this this kinds of tools you realize there's a horizon factor there's a thing that we we have to have this kind of process experimentation in order to really understand even what the tool is and so the question is how do we do that in the coming this new coming year without accelerating past the point where we lose control you know and i know that that's a big sort of movie type concept i think we lo- suddenly we lose control of ai is it possible Yes, I think it is possible. Is it probable? I'm not sure. I, I don't I don't know, but I think that the big question for this coming year needs to be, how can we continue to double down on this dialogue, on this, uh, you know, this dialectic, of this 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 exploration of what it really means to have machine intelligence, to have a mirror to our own consciousness? That is a new kind of technology, a new kind of tool that we've never had before. I mean, the quote and an immersive yeah. and an immersive digital world, exactly. Well, an immersive digital world that is a quote unquote digital twin of ourselves and of our environment, and which is all part of understanding what we're you know what we're mirroring in terms of consciousness, because our conscious perception of the world and of quote unquote reality is something that comes through these sensory uh, technologies in our body, these, these biometric technologies that we have as part of the human, you know, the human organism. And now we're creating that outside of ourselves. I mean, I think there's a tremendous excitement that comes with that. And there's also, you know, the fact that it's moving so rapidly. I got to be honest, for me, it's moving much more rapidly than I ever thought it would. And I know I've said this before, but I, I I think it, it needs to be stated, you know, it's, it's, and that makes an excitement that makes it like you want to jump onto that tiger and ride that tiger as fast as you can because you realize it's going to take you somewhere new. It's going to take you somewhere that's you know less boring than where you've just been. And there's a there's a you know a huge primal imperative in the human consciousness to to do that to find new things to explore new horizons to 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 find a new frontier of ourselves. And I think that that new frontier of ourselves. We're going to see a lot of that start to really appear in 2024 more than I think most people can imagine. And I think that's, that's, yeah, watch this space, (laughs) this thing. And yeah, it's 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 great to, one thing I wanted to say is that, you know, doing this podcast with you now for a couple of years has been not only, you know, I'm at this point in my life where I kind of mentor people. I have, you know, I, I teach every now and then. Well, I learn a lot from Pat doing this podcast with you, Chen, and that's actually the greatest joy for me is to to learn from our uh, from our dialogue and from our exploration together uh, as father and son and as as enthusiasts of this whole space. And uh, I encourage Thanks. everyone to to do that in your own lives. You know, learn from each other. Um, and there's a lot to be talked about. There's a lot to be expressed. And I think it's important for us to try to not. Uh, not get entrenched in our polarization. I mean, I know it's happened. You know, it seems a little naive to say it at this point, but I think that if anything happens in 2024, given the elections that are going to happen, all of this stuff that's going to be incredibly divisive, we need to even more than ever focus ourselves on getting past these polarizations within uh, the human dialogue and within ourselves. And hopefully we can focus some of these technologies you know, this idea of the quote-unquote metaverse, this idea of artificial intelligence or augmented intelligence being something that helps us get a bit more intelligent within ourselves to deal with those what seem like intractable problems right now. And, you know, the truth is, in human history, there's always been moments of intractable problems that seem insurmountable. And technology and the evolution of human human consciousness with technology has always got us to another level it always has and that's a very positive thing to remember about history um that that's there's there's a trend that we do find wisdom sometimes in the last exact second almost like this is a suspense uh moment in a hitchcock film <laughs> but uh it's something that i think we need to continue to focus on uh in the dialogue in this coming year and of course that's one of the things we'll be doing here at what the f is the metaverse so uh Enjoy enjoy uh, your new year, everyone, uh, whenever you celebrate that. If thanks
0: you like Canada. the podcast, yeah, if you like yeah. the podcast, give us five stars. Absolutely. Know. And as always, love you, son. Love you, dad. I love our conversations. It was a great pod. Here's to 2024 and a special 2024. thanks. 2024, <laughs> woo, woo, 2024. <laughs> it's going to be a while. As always. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. And as always, special good thanks to Greg Leonard for the original Theme music for what is the Metaverse. Happy
1: New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Enter into the age of AI in the metaverse.